1: and this one is smoked toward left center field that ball is near the bullpen that ball is gone Jorge Soler with a lightning bolt it's 2-0 Atlanta here in the opening inning at Bush Stadium 2-1 pitch smoked into center field that's down for a hit that's going to score Freeman five straight Braves have reached little pop into shallow left that's going to drop for a hit Station to station
0: are the brave. Uh, I guess sped up on me a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit jitters, just trying to do too much early on, um, nibbling a little bit, putting myself in some bad counts, and then you know from there on, uh, I can live with the outcome after that. But you know, anytime you put your, your team down five in the first, it's uh, obviously never good for us.
1: Well, that was John Lester after his St. Louis debut last night. Not the way that we envisioned that, as the Cardinals lost by the final of 6-1 to to the Atlanta Braves. Welcome in to the Danny Mac Show, the Wednesday edition, flying solo today. And coming up at about 10.30, I'll visit with uh, former Cardinal World Champion 2011 team Kyle McClellan. Also, a closer look at the MLB draft and what happened with the St. Louis Cardinals. Brian Walton, uh, visit with him from thecardinalnation.com is coming up. The Cardinals, well, they saw John Lester in that first inning deal with nine batters nine came up in that first inning it took him 27 pitches to get his first out the first seven in the atlanta order reached five hits home run couple of walks five to earn in 31 pitches mike Schilt, what happened in that first inning my
0: guess i haven't been able to look at it was probably a little too much middle really settled down i mean outside of freeman was fantastic the next four you nobody know, got past first base high ground ball rate you know two double plays through some good sinkers but my guess would be just balls out over the plate and made him pay for it first inning and that was the game
1: final line for lester five innings nine hits six earned a couple of walks four strikeouts and dealing with a little bit surprising here but dealing with some nerves you know
0: I, I think obviously hopefully next time will be you know a lot better um the nerves won't be there as much and um you know it'd be be able to kind of settle in and and just pitch and I was able to do that after that first
1: well one of the positives to take away was after the first he did give up the home run to Freddie Freeman he did give you five innings but uh, the game was essentially over after the first inning because Max Freed was awfully good John Lester did though make a St. Louis debut it was
0: good I mean um, I'm excited I
1: mean you know, like I said I've, I think I've said that numerous
0: times just the jitters of it and all that stuff um, you know it's pretty cool kind of surreal moment to throw to Yachty and and, you know I've been on the other side from him for a long time and to get to do that and um, you know I've pitched a lot of games here so it that that wasn't weird it just um, you know you want to make a good first impression and and I wasn't able to do that
1: so the question though what happened in the first inning what changed after the first inning
0: just settled down just got to the bottom of the zone you know able to get the curveball in early and then late just for a different look Uh, sinker was really good just First inning, you know, I mean, like I said, the two run homer obviously is a huge blow, but then uh, everything following that. So just being able to just kind of settle in and get my feet under me.
1: Well, the idea was for him to give you innings. Now he did do that, but he didn't give you a chance to win. So, Mike Shield, the impact of Lester, let's try to draw something out of this, giving you five.
0: Yeah, no question about it. I mean, you know, we don't want to be in our bullpen in the third, you know, first game of six because that can get you a little swirly for the, you know, tomorrow and then three or four days from now even still. So, yeah, it was, um, that was big for him to settle in and get five, which we've seen that before, you know, it's a veteran guy. So you give him the benefit of the doubt, and he settled in and, and ate, ate up some innings.
1: One of the things that you take away from the game, though, the Tyler O'Neill at-bats, he was on base four times, three for three, double run scored. Molina went two for four, driving in the only run of the game for St. Louis. So both Yachty and O'Neal, Haven't been great since the break, but that is a step in the right direction. Something else that you point to last night, Paul DeYoung has now started 13 of the last 16 games for the Cardinals, and they've turned to Edmundo Sosa in the last two. Now on Sunday, Sosa had a very good game. Then he had the off day. Might be a bit surprising not to see Paul DeYoung in the lineup last night, but Sosa went three for three. Gave you a home run, couple of walks, and earned that start last night. DeYoung, by the way, in his last 10 is hitting 176. So we'll see what direction the Cardinals want to go in uh, tonight. And they've got the St. Louis debut, another one. And that'll be Jay Happ going tonight for the St. Louis Cardinals. It is ten twelve here in St. Louis. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. And when we come back, we'll go around Major League Baseball on 101 ESPN. <laughs> This is the Danny Mac show with BK, the podcast powered by I promise. Back on the Danny Mac show. It's the Wednesday edition of the program. Uh, Let's see. Well, we get a three, one, four, Danny. I believe the uh, blue Jays first came back in Toronto drew only 14,000 fans surprised me to hear your comment on this on your show um the reason is is because that's the capacity they're allowed they're still not at full capacity so that's why that situation is uh the uh, 14 to 15,000 they cannot get more in uh to the ballpark because of covid restrictions For them in their province so let's give you the standings right now after the games that we took play uh, saw take place last night tampa bay and the american league east they are now 20 games above 500 and they lead by a game over boston the yankees are six back toronto the aforementioned blue jays are seven white Sox running away with the al central nine and a half in front of cleveland detroit is 12. Houston big win last night as they went to Dodger Stadium and the fans apparently were taking foul balls throwing them back on the field it was a raucous crowd with the Astros in town first time since the cheating scandal and Houston they are now seven and three in their last 10 and uh, they have a five and a half game lead over Oakland Seattle seven and a half meanwhile in the National League East things are getting really tight Phillies are just a game and a half back of the Mets. Atlanta two and a half back. Milwaukee a seven and a half game lead. Even though they had a five nothing lead in their ball game last night, they coughed it up. They lost. So the Cardinals stay ten back, and Cincinnati seven and a half out. And the Dodgers by losing last night. They still remain three and a half back of San Francisco and San Diego is six out and that is in the National League West. Where it's going to get interesting is with the wild card, but there is some news around Major League Baseball to tell you about and we'll start with some of the the games that we were just mentioning. We'll begin with the Pirates and the Brewers. Adrian Hauser had a no-hitter going into the 7th, 6 in the 3rd baseball before being replaced, and then all of a sudden the Pirates they came back. Goes out and gets it and drives in at least one. Here comes Newman and he'll score it's a two-run single for Brian Reynolds and the Pirates are up 3 in the 10th. They were shocked in that game. Also a game-saving catch by Gregory Polanco late in right field. So the Brewers dropped that one to the Pirates 8-5. I mentioned the Astros and the Dodgers. So it was the first game in L.A. since the cheating scandal. Tell you what, don't look now. No one is talking about him, but Houston is awfully good.
0: Jordan drives one deep to right field. That ball is gone! Jordan Alvarez in Dodger Stadium. With his first career hit against his former organization, puts the Astros in front three to
1: nothing. You can hear the booze there. They, again, they were showing up with like inflated trash cans. They were throwing the foul balls on the field. Apparently, he got a little ugly midway through that game. But how do you shut them up? You win, and they shut them out at their ballpark three nothing in favor of the Astros. Meanwhile, Miguel Cabrera is getting closer to history. Twenty-four at deep fly ball, right field. number 498 last night so he is two away from 500 also closing in on 3000 and does have a very good chance to potentially get hit number 3000 this year the rays get bad news so they're trying to to stave off other teams and make sure that they win the american league east but this one hurts right uh glass tyler glass of the rays he's gonna have tommy john surgery today so he's done for the year yankees left-handed pitcher jordan montgomery tested positive for uh, positive for COVID-19 so that's the second member of their rotation to test positive the other one was Garrett Cole that was late Sunday and then he was scratched in the start so the Yankees dealing with that the Angels and Joe Madden they're hoping to get uh, Mike Trout back before the season ends he has been on the injured list since May 18th with a right calf strain that is big for them Kevin Biggio goes on the 10-day IL for the Blue Jays he's got a back issue We mentioned the great story of John Axford. He rejoined the Brewers. He came in their ballgame two days ago, and he had an elbow issue. So they picked him up for a buck, and now he's out. It's going to be tough for him to return. It looked to be a pretty nasty injury to the elbow. Cubs GM Jed Hoyer says inability to sign stars to long-term deals, the greatest source of uh, frustration for him. Quote, that will probably be my greatest source of frustration from this era. He was talking to David Kaplan, I believe, on ESPN 1000 radio in Chicago. This was Monday morning. Also, he said, I put my head on the pillow every night knowing that we put our best foot forward. The extensions we offer these guys will hold up exceptionally well against the open market. I don't know why guys didn't want to sign. I don't know why guys didn't want to even counteroffer oftentimes frustration there for chicago and their fan base he said even his kids were upset that some of those kids uh were traded by the chicago cubs coming up we're going to visit with Kyle mcclellan he will be our guest and he is a world champion from the 2011 st louis cardinals also has a big fundraiser coming up this is the danny mack show
2: with bk the podcast powered by i promise
1: On the show, it is the Wednesday edition, minus BK, the Danny Mac show on 101 ESPN. And let's say good morning to world champion of the 2011 St. Louis Cardinals. He's got a big event coming up, doing great work in our uh, community, and that's Kyle McClellan. Hey, Kyle, good morning. How are you?
3: Danny Mac, good, man. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, What happened last night? What did you see with John Lester? I'm, I'm curious from a pitcher's point of view. Uh, looked like he was fighting the strike zone a little bit, but that's not the reason that uh, 10 or nine guys came to the plate in the first inning. It might've been a a small reason, but what did you see with John Lester last night?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, just catching too much of the strike zone early on, you know, a guy like that, you know, getting traded over, even though he's got a ton of experience, you you still want to, there's still a little anxiety, right? A little nervousness going out there and trying to, you know, put the right step right foot forward for everybody. And, um so i'm sure there was a little bit of that but a guy like that with his uh experience you, you don't think that's that's too much of it but you know he settled down there and was able to go five innings after didn't really look like uh that was going to be the case so uh ultimately you know kind of got it going and him and Yadi are gonna have to figure each other out too you know that when, you, when you're a new pitcher and you're coming in you got a guy that hasn't caught you before doesn't know what you'd like to do what pitches you kind of rely on and go to and um you're trying to feel him out he's trying to feel you out so you know there's going to be a little bit of that uh back and forth but hopefully that was uh the one bad inning and you know we can get some some good innings out of him going
1: forward what did you see the difference was it with stuff or just location after that first inning
3: yeah i think it was location uh more so you know maybe just settling down a little bit and finding those edges a little bit more but uh yeah definitely location you know his stuff is you know his, his stuff's been good for a long time, uh, and it it just you know seemed like it was catching too much of the plate and a little bit flatter, and then all of a sudden he got to the edges and a little bit sharper as well.
1: What do you think it means when you go inside that clubhouse and all of a sudden you look in and there's John Lester? Now he's not the John Lester of five years ago, ten right. years ago, but right. it's John Lester. It's Jay Happ who's been around forever. I yeah. mean, you look at he and i think it's lester hap and wayno have over 1500 starts in the big leagues what do you think that does for a team that's trying to find any kind of traction here in the final couple of months
3: well you feel like it's going you're going to have a little bit more consistency is what you're hoping for um, you know because you got guys with that experience and um, if they, if they can you know the the one thing that worries me was john lester's comment where he said you know hopefully they can help me kind of get back on track and you never want to hear that for a guy that you just traded for. And and, and that tells me that, you know, he's searching, he, he's searching right now and trying to find things. And, and um, you know, so y- you wonder if maybe some new eyes can help him do that. But uh, it's hard when a guy says that and you're saying, Hey, we're relying on this guy, you know, and this is the guy we're, we're counting on, you know, going out there and, and getting us to the postseason. But if I'm a young pitcher in that in that bullpen or in that rotation, man, I'm pulling up a chair, I'll tell you that. You know, with those guys with that experience, you've had Wayno there, you know, all year, but now you get uh, some other new guys that you can pick their brain a little bit and try to pick up a, a thing or two off of them and, and see if it can help you. So a great opportunity for the young players if they play it right. to to tap into that experience that they brought in.
1: Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, You are very close to Adam Wainwright, and he has been phenomenal this year. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure where the Cardinals would be uh, without Adam. What do you think? I mean, He made the comments to Ken Rosenthal that this year could be it or next year, but then that'll be it. What do you think? Does he come back for another year? Uh,
3: Man, I I don't know. I know Adam well, and I know uh, a a couple things about him. Adam looks at it and says, hey, this is an opportunity that I can – Um, go out one, another chance to win a championship and play with my friends and and teammates. What I, what I love doing, play with Yachty again. Uh, Secondly, if I can perform at a high level and they're going to pay me money that I can take and then use to help other people, that's what I'm here for. And, and that's, that's the, honestly, that's the approach Adam, Adam takes. And
1: no doubt he told um, me that too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that is a hundred percent sincere. Like there is no BS in that. There is no like, you know, just saying that. So, so, people, you know, kind of like me I'm mean, that. That's truly how he looks at it. And he doesn't want to waste an opportunity to, uh, to, to take these resources and, and use them in a way that, uh, that he thinks makes a difference. And so I think he's got to look at it and, and, but, but here's the other thing, he's a big family man as well. And, and he misses a lot of, of time with his family by doing this. So he's going to have to sit there and evaluate it. But man, I, I just have a hard time believing as competitive as he is. He doesn't want to go out. If, if the team doesn't make the playoffs and they just kind of have a year, where, you know, they lose the division by five, six, seven, eight games or whatever it is, that that's not how he wants to go out. He he wants a chance to win and a pitch in October, and if he thinks they got a chance to do it next year and he can contribute to that, um, and mentally and physically he's healthy, I, I think we might see him back.
1: Yeah, it takes two to tango, and I would assume that if he's healthy that the Cardinals would at least engage him and say, hey, here's what we got, this is what works mm-hmm. in our payroll, and we want you back. I, I couldn't see him... Honestly, Kyle, I, I don't see him accepting going somewhere else. I, what I mean no. by that is, I think pitching for one team in the major leagues, which is rare, or even playing for one team, is rare in all sports now. I think that means something to him. And if it didn't work out, I'm not sure he would pitch for somebody else.
3: I think it does. I, I think you. I mean, there's always you always want to have leverage, though, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you never want to put that on the table. But I, I do think if Atlanta would be an
1: interesting yes uh, yep.
3: caveat to. To it because it's it's right there. It's close. Um, you know, he came up in the organization, so he started there. Could close there. You know, end his career there. Um, you know, you, you never know. But uh, uh, from Adam's standpoint, I would imagine there's never going to be a, a uh, never closing the door on an opportunity to create some leverage.
1: <laughs> no question. Well, you got to have leverage in business. There's no doubt. Kyle McClellan is our guest. Um, speaking of Adam Wainwright, were you at the uh, the Knights of the cauliflower Ear Dinner in
3: 2011? I, so. Um, I don't think so because my daughter was just born and uh, j- a funny story on that, you know, when you're a young player, Tony would come up to you and say, uh, we have this dinner and you're going, there wasn't really the option. And, right. and as you got like three or four years in, then you started to kind of like miraculously find an option in there if you sure. wanted to go or not. Yep. But if you had kids, um, a lot of times he was a little more flexible. And so I believe it was like August, I think uh, July or August that year, my daughter was born in May. And I think he came up to me and said, we have this dinner. Go spend time with your with your wife and, and baby at home. Um, so I'm not sure if I was at that one,
1: but you did probably hear about it. Where oh, I heard, yeah, oh yeah, heard. and this was kind of the rallying cry, wasn't it, of the 2011 season that night?
3: It, well, and and that's Adam too. You know, Adam's like you could be down by 30 games, and Adam's like, hey, we got a chance. You know, I mean, he's just he's he's super optimistic and uh, and he believes it. You know, he shows up to the, to the field every day and believes it. But yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of the kickoff to to uh, that statement to uh, when we started getting things going.
1: It's unbelievable. Um, I'll ask you the final be- uh, baseball question, then I want to get into what you're doing here and promote your big night coming up. But uh, in in And I know you're honest when you come on the air with these things. What do you think the chances are for the Cardinals to get back in this thing? And it looks like it's going to have to go with the wild card. You've you got 13 mm-hmm. games left with Milwaukee. You're 10 back. So the Central looks awfully tough. But mm-hmm. your chances in the wild card, what do you think?
3: I think it's going to be tough. I I just think this team hasn't hasn't shown really. I mean, early on they had a I think the best record in maybe all of baseball, if not for sure the National League, for a little stretch there. But you know, you get Flaherty back, you get Michaelis who are close. I think that's definitely going to help. But they're going to have to come back awful sharp and 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 no no time to ease into it. They're going to have to come back and be guys that they're counting on. Um, but they just they they just haven't shown that since those guys have been out the ability to to really put a run together. I'm not going to say never because I was a part of that team that that did it. Um, and I'm sure there was nobody that counted us in on that, but, uh, it's going to be tough. And, and, and I just think when you look at, you know, watching the game last night and just seeing some of the names that come up, these aren't a lot of the names you started the season with, these aren't a lot of names that you are counting on, you know, getting you there. And so it's been a, a a very, uh, unique season. There's been a lot of injuries, um, a lot of changes and, and that's, that's tough to pull it off with, uh, with, with a set of guys that you didn't go in the season, um, thinking that we're going to be the guys that we're going to get you to the finish line. So. Not saying they can't, but uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, I think.
1: You've got a big night coming up. It'll be at the Four Seasons downtown, uh, 10 days away, the 2021 Night of Champions Gala. Your third annual gala will feature members of the 2011 World Series championship team. Also, other St. Louis celebrities will be there. You can find out more. Uh, Kyle has his Brace for Impact uh, charitable foundation, BraceForImpact46.com. But uh, tell us about this night coming up at the Four Seasons.
3: It's getting there. We're getting to the nitty gritty of this. My wife and I are extremely involved in all the details of this. And we just got our videos uh, back that we're going to use for the night and kind of have our script all lined out, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great opportunity to share a little bit more in depth about the work we do in Haiti. Uh, we're going to reveal some pretty exciting news about um, something going on in Haiti uh, and then North city as well. We got uh, uh, pretty, pretty great stories from some of the families that are benefiting from the work that we do that are going to be there and, and share Um, the successes that they've had uh, as a part of this, the video we have there is, is extremely touching. And um, you know, it's just going to be a fun night for me. It's, it's humbling because we got a lot of guys coming in. That means a lot to me that we're flying in to be a part of this. that want to be a part of it. Brian Jordan, Ryan Franklin, uh, Joe Buck's going to come there and be a part of our panel with Lance Berkman, Jason Mott, Alan Craig, Um, you know, and it just means a lot when guys want to be a part of your night. Um, This is the biggest night that we've ever had. Our biggest fundraiser. And uh, when you get support like that, we have 400 tickets already sold. Um, people come in. It's just uh, it's one of those nights you kind of uh, just sit back and, and pinch yourself with all the support that you're getting and, and people that want to be a part of the night and, uh, and support the work that we do. So we're looking forward to it. There's still room. Uh, the, the Four Seasons has a, a large venue so we can fit more people in there. Uh, if people want to go, you can visit our website and uh, and come be a part of a night that's going to change a lot of lives.
1: How much are tickets, and uh, what's going to happen in that night outside of you talking about what's going on with Brace for Impact? But what what would fans get?
3: Yeah, so it's it's three fifty a ticket, um, and then uh, we we you can you can purchase tables and fill everybody there, and buy individual tickets, and we'll place it. But uh, you know, it's going to be there's going to be a cocktail reception and then dinner there at the Four Seasons. Then we're going to start our program where I'll give information on what we do. We'll show uh, videos of it. Uh, we have one of the families that's benefiting from the work being done that's coming um, to share their story on stage uh, in, in North City, St. Louis, about what's happening there. And then uh, we'll have our silent auction, live auction, our fun and need. And then at the end of the night is when we're going to do our panel. So Tom Ackerman's going to host it. Uh, we're going to have Jason Mott, Alan Craig, Lance Berkman, and Joe Buck on that panel talking about that 2011 team as we celebrate the 10 years here. And uh, and and then afterwards, we got to DJ for 90 minutes, hang out, celebrate, and, uh, you know, enjoy uh, – you know, a lot of good times and drinks and, and uh, celebrate kind of the work being done and, and all the money that we're going to be able to raise that night.
1: You're doing great stuff. Brace for Impact46.com to get those tickets, and let's make sure we get it sold out. Thanks, Kyle, for coming on. Appreciate it, and thanks for everything you're doing in our town. All right. Thanks, Dana Mac. You got it. That's Kyle McClellan and a world champion from 2011. Coming up, we're going to talk about some news concerning the, the minor leagues and the draft picks that have been signed or not signed by the Cardinals. Who's making an impact in the minor leagues? Also some news on what's happening with the facility at Roger Dean Stadium. That's next with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered
2: by I Promise.
1: Reminder that Fort, uh, former St. Louis Ram Isaac Bruce finally set for his induction as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame 2020 class, and with the enshrinement of that class set to take place this Saturday, Carricker and Smallman. Headed to Canton after their show tomorrow, broadcast live on Friday morning. Special expanded show from 7 to 11. So tune in Friday morning to hear Randy, Michelle, speak to the man himself, Isaac Bruce, along with several uh, other special guests. Carricker and Smallman live from Canton this Friday morning. It's brought to you by Schnooks and Twin Peaks. Back to baseball as we welcome into the conversation Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. And Brian, first of all, thanks for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. Let's start with this. There's some news uh, concerning the signings that the Cardinals had with their draft class, and uh, there is that news that has just come out.
2: That's right. Uh, the way the draft changed this year, I think maybe many of the listeners know, but it was traditionally held during the College World Series in uh, in June, and it was disrupted because a number of the players were still competing, and it, it was just a it was a challenge to for a lot of different uh, reasons. And what baseball decided to do is move the draft back a month and have it during All-Star Weekend. And that seemed to to work pretty well. Players only had until August 1st to decide to sign, which is really enough time for the negotiations to occur, and to to decide one way or the other. Are the players going to sign their professional contracts, or are they going to continue with their college careers? And the Cardinals drafted 21 players in 20 rounds because they had an extra pick, a competitive balance pick. And they were able to sign the first 20 players drafted. Uh, Their last pick, number 20, was a young uh, high schooler from Texas, who a third baseman who had a uh, has a scholarship to Wichita State, and the Cardinals were sort of I think looking at that pick as sort of their swing. If they were unable to sign any of the others, they could sh- shift more money uh, to this young man Xavier Casarilla, and and sign him instead. But the Cardinals were able to get all their guys on board, uh, including their first pick, uh, the the right hander Michael McGreevy, uh, the second pick a high schooler Joshua Baez an outfielder, and uh, Baez has. Uh, has already begun to play in the Florida Complex League. That's the rookie-level league in Jupiter. Uh, Almost all the other players, uh, including the competitive balance, number 70 pick overall, Ryan Holgate, an outfielder from Arizona, all those players, the majority of them, have suited up with Class A Palm Beach. So they're playing at a pretty high level for first-year players. And as a result of this, and then a number, I think it's about eight or nine of the players, including McGreevy, haven't yet been activated because – the Cardinals have all these young men in Jupiter. They're assessing, you know, how many innings they threw, how many um, played appearances, how many innings they played in the field this spring for their high school or college teams. And they're sort of bringing them into action slowly. And, and another byproduct of that is, given there are only so many seats on the rosters, um, a number of other players who had been in the system and, and for three, four years have been given their release as these new players come in. So there's been a wholesale change at, at Palm Beach with, I think it's a dozen new players to have joined that roster in the last week. And like I said, given, you know, they've lost 14 in a row, you know, getting some fresh blood in isn't a bad thing.
1: In terms of comparing that to other teams, Brian, and and getting their draft picks signed, are the Cardinals at the forefront of this or is this kind of commonplace now with the lack of picks in the draft that most teams get all their guys in or at least the majority of them in?
2: yeah most of them do now there's some high profile misses for example the mets uh, first first pick kumar rocker from vanderbilt uh, you know sixth overall pick a guy that any organization would love to have for whatever reason the mets got crossways with rocker's representatives regarding money and uh, you know they they were unable to come to an agreement and while the mets get another pick next year to compensate you know you lose a, an important year of development with a with a good young player so the Cardinals have always done a good job in discussing with the players, their families, their representatives, you know, what it's going to take money-wise about to get them to sign because teams don't want to waste good picks. They want to make sure that once they make the commitment to a young man, they're going to get his name on a contract. And the Cardinals traditionally have done a very good job of getting their players signed.
1: How about Matthew Liberatore and Nolan Gorman? Uh, Last night, Gorman, a home run. Liberatore went, I think, four and a third. A lot of folks – and I can understand why they, they are curious whether or not these guys would get a call up this season. My personal feeling is that that will not happen, especially with the minor league season being pushed back and it coincides with the major league season. Um, what's your gut on those two and, and where they're at right now?
2: I think the I think the acquisitions of, and again, of course, the caveat we always have to put in these discussions is we don't know about injuries. If there was a rash of injuries at a particular position, say at the third base position, or if uh, you know there was another outbreak of COVID, and a number, you know, then all bets are off. But I would say in a relatively normal environment, I think you're right, Dan. I think we're going to see uh, both those players continue to grow and mature at AAA, and we probably won't see them uh, this year. And we're talking about Libertor and Gorman. Um, but I will say, though, that you know, one of the factors that, that comes into play that used to come into play was that in September, major league rosters could expand to the entire 40 man roster if they chose. So we saw a lot of teams bring up large numbers of players to get them major league seasoning. That rule has changed when they expanded the active rosters to 26 players, you know, they got rid of this opportunity to bring up all these players in September. So, um, you know that's a that's a major factor in terms of these guys getting a cup of coffee. Now, both of them have had very prominent roles in spring training in the alternate camp last year, so it's not like Mike Shelton and his staff haven't had the opportunity to interact with them and see them. They have, but I think, like you said, uh, odds are more likely that these guys are going to going to stay. You know, in the in the minor leagues and and gain, gain more experience with Memphis year, this year. And I don't see that as an issue or a problem at all.
1: I'm always interested in Jordan Walker and Mason when they were pushed uh, to another level. How has that gone so far in the first couple of weeks of them going to A-Ball?
2: Yeah, I'm glad you came back around to that, Dan, because the, the comments I made about Palm Beach earlier made it sound a little negative. And really, you know, part of the reason that Palm Beach has those openings is because those two young men Mason went shortstop Mason Wynn who we're waiting to see pitch a little later this season as well hopefully and third baseman Jordan Walker played so well in class a ball out of as high former high schoolers in their first professional action that they've already moved up to high a and that is a very very positive indicator of their career we've we've seen numbers about uh, Jordan Walker's exit velocity and you know, not only that but his ability to draw walks as a, as a young power hitter and Mason Wynn not only has proven to be a very solid leadoff hitter, he has an exceptionally strong arm at shortstop. And these are two guys that are right now ranked in the top handful of players in the Cardinals system, the three and four specifically, in our rankings. And they're guys that you know, have a very, very high ceiling of potential. So you know, part of the reason there's openings in Palm Beach as well is because uh, players like Walker and Wynn have performed very well this year.
1: As you know, folks here in St. Louis, uh, right around March, late February, they love to head down to Jupiter, Florida. They love to get in the sunshine. They love to be at Roger Dean Stadium, take in baseball. But there's some news concerning Roger Dean Stadium and the complex. We've been talking about for years, the complex is going to get upgraded, but it takes two to tango with the city. What's happening right now with what's going on with uh, Roger Dean Stadium?
2: It really takes four to tango, Dan, because – Uh, As most listeners know, the Jupiter complex is shared by the Cardinals and the Miami Marlins. And until the last couple years, uh, we'll say the Marlins' ownership situation was not particularly steady and not particularly conducive to making investments. Now, that's changed, and the Cardinals and Marlins were able to to come up to uh, agreements with them regarding what facility improvements should be made. Uh, But they also need the county of Palm Beach, which is the owner of the stadium, The two teams have a lease, long-term lease with them that runs through 2027. Um, And so the county of Palm Beach, as well as the state of Florida, kicks in money because over the last several decades, Florida has lost major league teams to Arizona, and they don't want to lose any more teams. And so there's funding there as well. But the major part of the funding for renovations that were over $100 million had been agreed to paid by Palm Beach County tourism taxes. Uh, Every time the fans go down there, you know, there's a there's a that goes into a fund that that's used for these types of projects. As of COVID uh, last year, all those those revenues were down 20 percent. And so the county of Palm Beach came out this week and said, hey, we don't see how we can move forward on the renovations to Roger Dean, maybe for as much as four or five years. And that's obviously a long time, given the Cardinals, especially have been very, very cramped in their spring training and rehab facilities. Um, they have minor leaguers, the the weight facility, for example, strength facility is off site in a shopping center nearby. Things are just more cramped than they'd like. And the, the plan was to just knock down the existing um, facilities that the, that the two teams use and build brand new clubhouses and, and uh, the rehab centers and the batting cages and, you know, every nutrition centers, everything that they need. And now that's going to be on hold and that's, Certainly uh, um, discouraging news for, for the Cardinals and for the Marlins as well.
1: How how long are the Cardinals locked in with an agreement to be there? Do you know?
2: Yeah, it's 2027. So if you look and you say uh, the, the, the Palm Beach County director who was quoted in that newspaper story said, work may not begin until 2025 or 2026. And with that lease coming up in 2027, if I'm another city in, you know, in Arizona or anywhere else, I'm going to look at this situation as being unsettled and try to come in with a package to convince the Cardinals and or the Marlins maybe to move. And I I don't I don't think that'll happen. But the longer this drags out. Um, you know if I'm the if I'm the Cardinals front office I've got to do the due diligence to look around and see what else might be available to me.
1: Interesting stuff thank you Brian we appreciate it always your time and uh, I visit with Brian Walton every Wednesday on my website com, and you can see more or listen to more of that with Brian Walton at scoops with com. Uh, tomorrow couple of guys that I'm going to visit with one will be Chip Carey the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves and we'll Review game two, preview game number three. Also, a visit with Al Roboski, the uh, longtime reliever of the St. Louis Cardinals broadcaster. Al will be my guest, and we'll talk about uh, Ted Simmons going into baseball's Hall of Fame. So looking forward to... You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I
2: Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music